Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible out loud together, chapter by chapter, looking at 1 Samuel chapter 24. Really cool moment here, but maybe one that's just perplexing. David spares Saul's life, and I feel like a lot of us, as, as we look at this story, feel like, okay, but if he's a bad king, and he's illegitimate, and he doesn't save God's people, and we go on and on, like, shouldn't he die? Shouldn't David take over? That's a pretty, man, this is a really weird chapter to be looking at uh, with the news that we got today here on December 2nd of 2020. Um Ah man, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't actually pick the chapter at a, like, uh, like this this morning. It, it was uh, ahead of time, but we need to look at this here. Um, it's about the temptation to seize power. It's about how we we should think about power uh, with regards to to faith and how we should respect our leaders. So very, uh, very fitting. Our guest today, we've got Pastor Richard Mitwitty, pastor at University. Uh, now hang on a second here. Is it actually University Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas? Good morning, brother. That is correct. Good morning. Fantastic. University Lutheran Church. And um, now I have to imagine that it's a it's a it's a pretty interesting uh, situation over there in in Austin. I mean, I mean, quite the college town, but under the circumstances, it's got to feel pretty different. Definitely different. It's um, the unprecedented comes to mind, but uh, um, it's good. We've been able to have uh, uh, in-person worship. Uh, uh, Most of our students are are back on campus from from ULC and uh, uh, or in the area anyway. So uh, praise be to God. We're we're able to gather and uh, um, give one less virtual thing in their life. Give give them the, the, the actual gathering time. Uh, uh, yes, it's so important too, um, amidst everything that's unprecedented. And uh, yeah, and speaking of unprecedented, right? I mean, isn't it just crazy? We're looking. Oh, well, I mean, you know. So, so the the, the leader of Israel um, has his life here in the balance in, in chapter twenty four, and I, I mean that was not far from the news we got this morning. I I mean, this is a uh, it's just a it's it's I mean, this happens, right? <laughs> that like you you yeah, get a text indeed. that just seems to really really line up with what's going on mm-hmm. it, it, it does it's uh um but here we are <laughs> but here we god's are. word it, god's word it, it, it's for all occasions so <laughs> yeah it is it is well uh on, on that note actually brother um would you before we turn to the chapter open us with a prayer and perhaps if you if you could offer a petition uh for the president and the first lady, um, along with uh, everyone else. Indeed. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this day. Unprecedented times, uh, strange times, weird times, and yet there is, there is the uh, uh, steadfastness, the, the foundation, the, the rock of, of, of thy strong word that uh, never changes it's, it's in any times here, Lord. But uh, we... We need it now more than ever, uh, especially with uh, the developments of today, of our, uh, of our Commander-in-Chief and our First Lady. We pray for their protection, for their health, for uh, 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 no symptoms, that it will, it will run its course, and uh, they, would be, they won't be affected. Our nation won't be affected. 
and we will be able to uh, continue on uh, in these weird times, Lord. But may your word uh, strengthen us uh, throughout these times and today as we uh, as we study it and look at this uh, this portion of your word today. And in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Um, so let's let's try. You know, I, I think uh, our context is, uh, is 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 weighing on all our minds. Let's try to get back into the context of the story that we've had so far. So here in chapter twenty-four, uh, we, we we start out with this uh, news that Saul gets uh, that David's been in uh, in the wilderness of Engedi. That's exactly where we left him at the end of chapter twenty-three. He's just been going from from place to place because no one wants to no one well no one wants him to be around when Saul shows up and so it's like our guest yesterday uh Pastor Curtis Dieterding was saying it's like everyone's playing hot potato with David no one no one wants this guy to stick around for very long so he's just going you know all around the wilderness uh, of Judah so I mean in that very large um you know uh, southern area there um, just, I mean, it's just interesting how in Hebrew, like that, that word for wilderness just, uh, basically means South <laughs> because that, this is really big chunk out there in Judah. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, so he's just going around from place to place, um, trying to avoid, uh, like a direct confrontation with Saul. He doesn't have that many men. Um, you know, we, we made the connection to Psalm 31 that, you know, David is just feeling the, the, the scorn and the reject rejection of people mm-hmm. as they would rather give him up um, than, than stand by him. So this is kind of where we're uh, leaving then uh, David when when Saul gets this news. Anything else we ought to be considering or maybe anything you can kind of prepare us for thematically before we read through the chapter? Um, not, not greatly. You know, Saul has been pursuing David for a while. Um, he kind of gets interrupted with the Philistines and having to go fight them for a while and um, and this has been going on probably since the Goliath incident back in chapter 17, where David did what Saul should have been doing, and David had already been anointed as, as, as a successor. And Saul's had this jealousy and history of insecurity for, for a while, and, and now he's bloodthirsty. So, um, yeah, that really just set a grim background here for power struggle. Uh, with with that, and then they and, and end up in Engedi. But a great story of, of of shame and mercy here as we as we deal with it too. So yeah, that good background. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We're going to have to really consider. Um, you mentioned shame. Uh, the the emotions here seem to be uh, really just on display up front, and I, I think it says a lot about David's. Uh, state of mind and also Saul's because uh, we, we, we've been seeing all along how uh, there, there's kind of an easy way to like just make a caricature of Saul and just say oh Saul's evil and everything he does is evil and it's just you mm. know it's just he's but but this is this is a really interesting moment here so uh, yeah. let's go ahead and read this here from the top we've got first Samuel chapter 24 in the English Standard Version when Saul returned from following the Philistines he was told Behold, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of all Israel and went to seek David and his men in, the, in front of the wild goat's rocks. 
and he came to the sheepfolds by the way where there was a cave, and Saul went in to relieve himself. Now David and his men were sitting in the innermost parts of the cave, and the men of David said to him, Here is the day of which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will give your enemy into your hand, and you shall do to him as it shall seem good to you. Then David arose and stealthily cut off a corner of Saul's robe. And afterward, David's heart struck him because he had cut off a corner of Saul's robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, to put out my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. So David persuaded his men with these words and did not permit them to attack Saul. And Saul rose up and left the cave and went on his way. Afterward, David also arose and went out of the cave and called after Saul, My lord, the king! And when Saul looked behind him, David bowed with his face to the earth and paid homage. And David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of men who say, Behold, David seeks your harm? Behold, this day your eyes have seen how the Lord gave you today into my hand in the cave, and some told me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not put out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, see the corner of your robe in my hand. For by the fact that I cut off the corner of your robe and did not kill you, you may know and see that there is no wrong or treason in my hands. I have not sinned against you, though you hunt my life to take it. May the Lord judge between me and you. May the Lord avenge me against you. But my hand shall not be against you. As the proverb of the ancient says, Out of the wicked comes wickedness. But my hand shall not be against you. After whom has the king of Israel come out? After whom do you pursue? After a dead dog? After a flea? May the Lord therefore be judge and give sentence between me and you and see to it and plead my cause and deliver me from your hand. As soon as David had finished speaking these words to Saul, Saul said, Is this your voice, my son, David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. He said to David, You are more righteous than I, for you have repaid me good, whereas I have repaid you evil. And you have declared this day how you have dealt well with me, and that you did not kill me when the Lord put me into your hands. For if a man finds his enemy, will he let him go away safe? So may the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. And now, behold, I know that you shall surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. Swear to me, therefore, by the Lord, that you will not cut off my offspring after me, so that you will not destroy my name out of my father's house. And David swore this to Saul. Then Saul went home, but David and his men went up to the stronghold. I think the thing that strikes me the most about this chapter is uh, when I when I think about it, or when I've thought about it anyway, I I'm, I'm I think my mind always goes to the the corner of the robe, right? It's like, ah, see, he got that close. 
Like, you know, and just kind of like fixating on that, like, look how close he got and he could have killed him, but he didn't, you know, um, David's just like that good. But I, I feel like the chapter, you know, going through it, um, now, I mean, the, the chapter itself doesn't focus on the thing as much as it does this conversation between David and Saul. And you can just, you can hear the emotion in this conversation that, I mean, D- David is just in distress, and Saul, I mean, I don't think this is insincere. I think Saul is seriously repentant in this moment, and I, I think it presents a a a challenging and uh, not, I don't know, not, not just kind of cookie-cutter, black-and-white portrait of, of, of the, the strain in this relationship. Mm. No, yes. Saul, we, we typically think of him, Saul, is bad. He's got his moments of, of, <laughs> of, of, of redeeming himself. Yeah, let's, 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 let's give him a little, a little grace here. Um, he, he's not always like, like that. And, and, yeah. But for the grace of God, th- there we are as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, but, but yeah, no, he, I think he's very sincere in, in, in that uh, exchange that he has. Again, he, there, he's, he's got shame. And he's extending mercy, and he's 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 realizing that he's received mercy at the same time. Yeah. I, I, I think, yeah. So, yeah. Well, in, in, indeed. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say just what you just said. He's extending mercy. I mean, we we have to, we 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 might miss that. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah. Saul, when he was in the cave, was alone, or you know, maybe there were just like you know a, a few of his men like at the entrance to the cave or something, right? Uh, but as he walks away, um, he he's going to his three thousand men, <laughs> like you know the, this huge army of Israel, and David's cornered, right? I mean, so th- this is really fascinating because I mean, I mean, this this is another uh, moment where he David's acting just like Jonathan, and he and he's just saying, I mean, here I am. If you want, you can kill me. I mean that he is really putting himself at Saul's mercy, and Saul, as you said, does extend him mercy. He goes home with those three thousand. He doesn't kill him. I, mm-hmm. I mean, like we we can't we can't n- neglect that. That's huge in this chapter. Yeah, it, it's so true that, that Saul with three thousand men he goes into the cave, and now he's so vulnerable, <laughs> especially in what he's doing there. He he he, he is stuck. Um, yeah. They, they prob- probably could have killed him and drugged him off, and three thousand men would have never even known it. You know, yeah, David right. could have gotten rid of his could, could have gotten rid of his body here <laughs> instead of calling Saul. He would have gotten rid of Saul yep. to, to take care of the situation. So, um, yeah, indeed, the, uh, the 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 mercy that David extends to him in that cave is 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 great too. Um, and then the shame he feels for even cutting off his the, the corner of his robe. <laughs> uh, he yeah he feels he he feels like he 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 didn't just cut the robe he 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 cut the body of Saul of, of God's anointed. He's he's really ashamed of even doing that. You know, he he refrained from killing him. You know, the, all the, all of his men were like talk about emotions. The men are like God, David. Oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Oh, I mean, it says that he had to, he had to persuade his men. Well, and, and so, and we, and we got to talk about that too, because I, because like I was saying, like I feel like the way that I, I kind of 
had thought of this story was like, okay, he goes and he cuts off the corner of his robe and he's like, aha, look, see, I've got like proof that like, you know, I'm on his good side and like, look, look at this. Like I could have done it, but I'm the bigger man. Like it was kind of like he went in and he was, you almost like, I, I guess I was like almost in, in like, like uh, projecting like pride on, uh, onto David uh, for doing this. But that does not seem to be what the text is getting at. But um, I, I want to get to that, but let's, let's take a look at a couple of things here before we get to that part, just uh, going back to the top of the chapter here. So okay. uh, it, it says at the beginning, uh, you know, so, so Saul's back, it says from following the Philistines, which we might be thinking from following. Well, you know, once uh, we've seen this a couple times um, here in, in Joshua, right? Like once you d- defeat the enemy at a place, you chase after them and you follow them because you're trying to uh, kind of like walk away with like a, a real victory here and, and actually trying to reduce the, their numbers. Um, so so mm. after he's done doing that, right, uh, he gets right. this message. Um, and then And then it's like he gets this like dedicated force here, right? Uh, this is a this is a pretty interesting situation here, right? Because I I think by this uh, this mention here in, in verse two of taking this you know like this three thousand chosen men out of all Israel, I mean this is like the assassination death squad. I mean I mean this is like he's not just like take just calling like whatever troops happen to be in the area. He's like I'm going to make sure mm-hmm. I kill this guy. I mean I mean isn't doesn't that seem like he's just really intent on this? Yeah, this is Saul's, all of his SEAL teams. He's got it here. They're ready to go. Yeah. Uh, but it, it seems like overkill, but, but David has guys too. David yeah. does have some men, and, and he's, he's got a reputation of, 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 of fighting and killing his thousands. So it, it seems like overkill, but uh, um, it, it would make for a really cool movie, I guess, with that many <laughs> people on the screen. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, they're, they're, they're fighting. You want to make sure you win. And so he. And, um, yeah. Well, well, I mean, uh, and, and to that point, does it seem like overkill to kill one man? Um, and, and I guess we know that David's got what, like 400, I think somewhere else it says 600, right? So he's got a yeah. few hundred that does seem what? like overkill. And, and in fact, um, you know, and this was actually kind of brought up in one of the questions we had yesterday, you know, the, the word there, um, for, for thousand, you don't necessarily need to take it as one thousand. I mean, it, it could mean mm-hmm. just something like, and actually, it could it could make sense in this uh, in this context because it could basically mean like, um, like the three best battalions or the three mm-hmm. best. I, I I'm really terrible with like military terms, but like, I I don't know like how big a battalion. How big is a battalion? God, I forget. That's that's probably like four to six companies. That could be battalion is. Uh, well, it depends. If it's the, the army battalion, that's different. The Marine Corps battalion. Oh well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so always says. So I don't know if it's like you know he took me like so. But anyways, you you could possibly translate it as like he took like you know like the three best companies or the three best battalions or I mean whatever. Sure, and, and maybe sure. that's not like you yeah. know it's not necessarily the focus on the number, but it's like he's taking yeah. like the three best of these groups, right? And we're gonna yeah. like we're gonna like you know pincer move this guy and trap him, and it's there there it's me lights yeah. out. Um, well, Considering yeah, where they're going to be looking for them in, in lots of caves, they're going to need a lot of people to be written through caves. 
yeah, to find true. this guy. So, so a lot of guys is not not completely overkill. That's that's going to be a necessity. That, that that's a good strategy. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. It's like like all the all the movies where uh, they're like, okay, form a perimeter, right? You know. <laughs> yeah, uh, and of but, course, but you, like, gotta, you know. You, you always know when they say form a perimeter that the guy's getting away, but um, <laughs> so I, I guess yeah. that's true even in even in, in the Bible, right? Um, but but yeah, so so he's he's really intent on this, and then we have uh, you know, my goodness, this is this is a, I mean, this is just interesting that we have this detail, right? You know, he went in to relieve himself, it says, and what's funny too is like, lest anyone think that the ESV is being overly delicate, um, the the uh, actual Hebrew is quite delicate too i mean it's it's very euphemistic the, the hebrew being you know cover his feet right right um, right right where yeah. you understand that, that that well uh feet doesn't exactly necessarily mean just feet right and, and so right. it, yeah. it, it, is yeah. a, it, it is a very uh i mean it's just i don't know what do you what do you make of i guess like you were saying i mean it shows how vulnerable he is for one anyway yeah, that that Hebrew is also used for um, the, the, the cherubim on the um, on, on the covering the mercy seat. Um, That's the same yeah. the same word there. Yeah, and, and or the seraphim um, who care, who covered uh, their feet with two of their wings. Yeah, and and in um, Exodus two, where, uh, where 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 God passes by. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, passes by Moses and says, "I will cover you with my hand." So there is that idea of covering, but the, the, the Greek in the, in the LXS in the Septuagint is kind of to, to prepare yourself. Um, oh. I, I kind of take I kind of take that as doing your business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, um, it makes sense. I think I think the New King James has it as a, to attend to his needs. Sort of idea, um, but uh, yeah. So euphemistically, re- relieving yourself is not out of the. Uh, 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 why else is he in the cave taking a nap? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, just, just, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, no. So I mean, I think uh, it's just kind of interesting because, like, on, on the one point, um, I don't know, maybe this is just kind of standard uh, language, right? But like, uh, the even the narration, right, is being kind of modest and respectful you could say or at least polite right towards yeah. Saul yeah which is which is an interesting moment where like the the attitude of the narration is sort of mirroring David's mm-hmm. um attitude uh, which kind of I think maybe says something there also uh but so so yeah you, you have you know like like you were saying you know he, he is very vulnerable I think the the point is well I mean you know what we would say David is literally catching him with his pants down, right? So I mean, David really can just kill him right, right then and there. I think that's that is uh, the big the yeah. big point, and uh, and that ties into what we have in verse four. Uh, though, kind of one question that you could have is: Hang on a second. When did God say this? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I got to back. I like that. Cut with his pants down. I'm making note of that. But probably more literally, but, but, but probably more literally, caught him with his robe off. Well, yes. Yeah, you don't. You don't. You don't pull your pants. Yeah, that's right. Because someone might say to themselves, yeah. "Cover your feet," like you're like you're covering your feet because you're pulling your pants down. But 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 no, yeah. it would have been a robe. Right. You're right. Yeah, and he would have taken that off to either. Well, you know, he could have t- just taken a nap, but to 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 do his business, and that's how David right. was able to cut it. He had taken it off, but. Uh, 
Yeah, this, 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 uh, the, 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 uh, the, the men, you know, David, David, this, this is, the Lord has done this, you know, um, and where does this come from? What, what prophecy is this? You know, um, is it yep. something from that, that the prophet Gad had told David earlier? Um, you know, I think, um, earlier right. I, that he said, you know, you know, you know, depart, you know, uh, go into the, you know, go into the land of Judah. Don't, don't stay here. I don't get so was this part of that, uh, we don't have it recorded for sure, yeah. but at least David's men think that this is some sort of providence. Think that, that, yeah. Well, yeah. and uh, there's maybe like a little, a little bit more we could say about that. But yeah, I, I like your suggestion about Gad. We'll have to look at that when we get back. But uh, everybody, hold on. We're looking at First Samuel chapter 24 on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back. I'm Pastor Ken Bomberger. Join me weekday mornings at 7.15 for Orazio, your time of scripture, meditation, and music on KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Join Christian friends of New Americans for their golf benefit at Greenbrier Hills Country Club, Monday, October 12th. Registration and box lunch at 11 a.m., 18-hole shotgun start at 12 noon. Special price for ladies and church workers. Register at cfna-stl.org slash golf. Not a golfer? Register for our 5 p.m. hospitality hour. Please help us reach out to refugees and immigrants with the good news of Jesus as we help them with English and life skills. Register for golf or a sponsorship. cfna-stl.org slash golf. On this Friday, October 2nd, 2020, KFUO Radio thanks our day sponsors, Ron and Doris Bergman and Bob and Elizabeth Russell, as they celebrate the life of their son and brother, Chris Bergman, on his birthday. And in thanksgiving to the Lord for his life and the blessing that he was to so many. Chris was called to his heavenly home on November 14th, 2018. Thank you, Ron and Doris Bergman and Bob and Elizabeth Russell for being today's KFUO Day Sponsors. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at 1 Samuel chapter 24, this moment where David spares Saul's life, and Saul spares David's life. We're joined by our guest today, Pastor Richard Mitwitty, pastor at University Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas. If you've got a question for us and you're listening live, join the conversation. You can call 1-800-730-2727, or if you're in St. Louis, 314-821-0850. You can also send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org, or you can hop on the live stream, facebook.com slash AJ Espinosa. Uh, we were actually just talking about one of the questions that was asked, uh, which is uh, about this verse 4 uh, prophecy oracle. So we, uh, I think we can kind of tie up that loose end here. Uh, but then the next question here um, 
it does David's covenant with Jonathan extend to Saul as well? Um, mm. Th- mm. This is this is an interesting question. There's a little bit more to it. I want to get to in a in a minute here. Mm. Uh, but let, let's get back to the first question. And, and before I forget, I want to thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation, lhfmissions.org. Thank you guys for supporting Nice Strong Word. All right. So right before, right before the break, we were talking about this. It it would seem to say that, like, I, I don't I don't think David's men would would say like, oh, uh, yeah, you know what? Surely God must have said something like this up in heaven. I, I don't think they would tell David that. I mean, like, we're talking about modesty here, right? right? That, that would seem pretty presumptuous of his men to say, like, we, by the way, like, you know, Lord David, we think the Lord of heaven said this to you, you know? Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I think I think you're right. It's, I think this is how I would take it, that this is something that Gad would have prophesied, prophesied at some point. But just like how earlier... Uh, we weren't told every single time that David met, went to uh, make inqui- uh, inquiry of the Lord through Ahimelech, right? So similarly, we're not told about like every single prophecy that Gad utters until it's a- appropriate or applicable like it is here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that the, the men, they, they see this more militarily, that here, here's your enemy, this is your chance, you know, you, yeah. you take it. Um, this is your chance, looking at our current situations here, this is a chance to seize power. Yeah. All right. This must be from God. Yeah. This must be from God. Yeah. This wouldn't happen like like this. You know, we've got him all alone. Now's your chance. You know, seize power. This is the time. Um, but yeah, um, this, this, is, this is your time now for to, to, to act on on shame. This is no time for mercy. Yeah. Um, but, well, and, and that's really interesting. Uh, you mentioned, you know, just in terms of the, the, the circumstances. I mean, you know, so we like it, it is very easy for us all to think like, oh, OK, this king is bad. This president is bad. This, you know, wh- whoever. Right. We like we this is a bad mm-hmm. guy. So many bad happens to him. Or, yeah, it could be like my, you know, my bad neighbor. Right. By the way, I do not. I do not think anything ill of any of my neighbors over here. <laughs> They're all lovely people, and they've helped me a number of times. Um, but okay, but just, you know, hypothetically, right? Um, and then something bad happens to them. It's just so easy for us to be like, "Well, that's judgment from God, right? That's karma. That you know, like they had it coming, mm-hmm. right? Like we just, we just right. that is our natural instinct. And of course, right." along those lines when someone's put in like in like you know the bad guy is put in this vulnerable position right we're all saying mm-hmm. you know we're like we're like watching this happen we're like get him david get him here's your chance right i mean we're we're like right there with him um and it's just so uh and and i guess the thing is here too what's amazing is about this quote it's like because i do think this is like you know basically a quote or a pretty close paraphrase of what the lord said and it's like the only way they see this quote is to mean, I'm gonna let you. Uh, I'm gonna like give him into your hands so that you can do whatever you want with them. You can put his head on a spike. You can hang him uh, on a tree. You can, you know, dismember him and send him all his, his parts all over the, you know, the people of Israel. Right? I mean, like that's what where they're going, mm-hmm. but they don't even see there's a whole other way of taking this this prophecy. Yeah, yeah, and and, and David, I think his actions. Uh, kind of, you know, really do negate what, what they're saying and what they're thinking. 
that you know he he does he does act on it with with, with cutting the robe. You know what was going through his head? We, we really don't know. Is he is he is he like saying you know I'm I'm just going to take this as proof or what's that? But he he uh, he's remorseful for even doing that. Yeah. Later, when he says, he says, yeah, you know, here's 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 the piece of the robe, and he's he's he, again, he's prophecy or not, this can't be, you know, from God because this is the Lord's anointed, the, the, yeah. the, this king. God put him there. Who am I to 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 take him out? And that's what he pretty much, you know, confesses, you know, uh, later. With, with when he uh, when he when he speaks to, to Saul that uh, this this is um, you know, doing this is 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 going it's hurting you know the Lord's anointed hurting God Himself in that way when we sin it it it, it, it hurts people it, it hurts the people we sin against it it, it hurts ourselves and it's it really it, 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 it's got to be painful to, to, to God in this. It, and if somebody years ago, you know, when we sin, it's like driving another nail into Jesus's wrist or, or another another thorn in, into his head. That this is the Lord's anointed. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, he's he's really remorseful about that. Then. Well, so there's a, there's a couple things there I think that we want to unpack. But I mean, you're, you're showing us how you know David just has a very different perspective on this. I mean, and he has the right perspective which is that he looks at Saul and says, no, this is the Lord's anointed, right? Which, we think about this, like, how, how is the Lord's anointed referred to in the Psalms or in the, the Gospels? The Son of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the guy right. who represents God himself. And mm-hmm. why on, I was going to say, like, why on earth, like, why on heaven and earth would you go and hurt or attack the man who represents God. I mean, because just as you were saying, it, it's it's tantamount to you saying mm-hmm. that you want to attack God, um, and, and to, to even think right that you would cut off that you would cut off the hem of God's robe, right? I, I mean, like there it's just so so uh, so there yeah. So that's helpful to see the perspective, right? I think that that you're, you've just hit the nail on the head there. But so this is his perspective, and so because of that, there is a very different way of taking this prophecy. Uh, you know, so instead of, you know, basically, behold, I will give your enemy into your hand, and you'll be able to kill them whichever way you'd like, which is exactly how they were reading it. But yeah. basic, basically, it's like, you know, I will give your enemy into your hand um, mm-hmm. so that it, it will be known, right, that that you had power over him, right, and that you mm-hmm. then um, chose freely, right? I, I mean, I mean, and that's and that's different. I mean, that's that's pretty different. Mm-hmm. And in, in fact, the prophecy then gets fulfilled ironically compared to what his men think, because his men think the prophecy is all about, like, of course, why would why would God give you in? Why would He give him into your hand if it wasn't so that you could kill him, right? Like, why mm-hmm. why else would mm-hmm. this happen? Like, my, David, do you understand? He just came in here. And like stripped down, he's really. I mean, like how, like what else can you take this to mean, man? You know, do you right. need a, like a, like, a, like a billboard in the sky, right? Um, and, and we just, it's just amazing how in our sinfulness we can just so quickly think this is exactly what God means. This is ex- what else could He possibly mean? And we actually mm-hmm. arrive at the exact opposite of God's right. intention. 
Yeah, this is, this is a time to show mercy. This, this is a time to show mercy to your enemy, which God has multiple times in Scripture, wants us to do. Um, David knows he's destined for the throne. Yeah. He, he, he's already had that prophecy as well, of his anointing. He's got dueling prophecies maybe going on here. Um, yeah. and, and Saul's in the way of, of his, uh, you know, his ascension to the throne, but, but hurting him is, 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 is not obedience to God. And God will put David on the throne, not, 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 him, not David right. himself here. So, um, so this, this is an opportunity for, for mercy, I, I, I think. And that's what David comes around to eventually, and even— Showing the robe as a, as a sign, you know, you know, I, I cut this off. I, you know, that, and, and here's proof of, of my mercy, I guess, in a way. And, and yeah, I, I spared you. I mean, that, that's that, that's the whole, you know, section. I spared you, and this really, you know, points us to to, to God sparing us, uh, allowing His anointed to be destroyed by the world, you know, for our benefit, for the forgiveness of our sins. And, and the proof of that isn't a robe, it's just, it's just the cross. He says, you know, here, here, look, I spared you. Here is my proof of, of my son's death and resurrection for you. Um, now, that's not going through David's head necessarily here, but we, we have the benefit sure. of seeing that, that, that now. But, uh, um, yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I know. I, I really— um... I appreciate the way that you're that you're unpacking this, and like uh, you know what it reminds me of a, a lot here is a uh, Psalm Psalm one ten, where th- this is a, this is a psalm right that 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 well I mean it's it's one that is for for like the king, and this is what like one of these royal psalms. I think we've already talked about Psalm one ten on the program, mm-hmm. um, and this is one of the ones that is quoted. Uh, I mean, in a in number of places in the New Testament. And you have this, you know, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Oh, and, there you go. Yeah. And, and, and you've got this, uh, this language, and it's like, well, like, what, else, what else does this mean? Make your enemies your footstool, except for that your feet would crush your enemies, right? Um, and, and of course yeah. that's what it means. And it was just so easy for the people in our Lord's Day to assume, well, of course, if you're the Messiah, if you're the Son of God, it's so you can crush our enemies. Why else? Would God <laughs> say to you, "Sit at my right hand"? Right, um, but mm-hmm. it's, I mean, this this is a, this is a moment where where David is being like you were like you were saying. Not that David necessarily like knew all this. I mean, he he, he didn't. Um, but but well, he was guided by the same spirit, though, right? And there's something about this. It's like, yeah, Saul was you know at his footstool. Um, Okay, too ironic with the wording in the the current scenario. But so he's got him, you know, like in this kind of like very humble position here, right? But it's just as you were saying, it's so that you can extend grace, right? I mean, and that's just the the thing that no one would have seen coming for Psalm 110 either, that that God would, would give his son a scepter and put the enemies at his footstool, right? And and the purpose of that was so that his son then could— could reach down to them and say, go therefore and sin no more, right? And have mercy on those who are at his, his feet instead of crushing them. Right. I mean, that's just, that's the reversal. But I mean, David is acting just like Christ in that respect, or just foreshadowing what Christ does, as yeah. you were saying. 
Oh, I was going to say, um, okay, let, let's take a look then a little bit here since, since you mentioned it, it's a good, it's a good question here. Um, just what it is going through David's mind here. And, and, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you can't, uh, get at this too specifically. We, we, we can't, you know, read his mind, but if we, we pay close attention to the narration here. So we, we have, uh, what his men repeat back to him, say, Hey, look, remember the prophecy, right? Probably that, that Gad said, um, and then it says, and, and David arose then, and he stealthily cut off. I mean, this is, this is pretty, this is interesting here. Um, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, how, how do you say this? You know, I, I think this is actually, you know, as, as I think about this, I think this is an over-translation um, because I think the, the, the Hebrew is a little bit closer to like any cut the, uh, or maybe even like he cut off the end of, Saul, uh, of Saul's robe. Um, and, but Saul wasn't aware of this or like, um, but, but, but Saul, but Saul didn't notice. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean. I, and I think this is it maybe seems like I'm splitting hairs, but I, I think then the, the the takeaway is that we should not read into this and say, yeah, David was deliberately doing this because he wanted to be sneaky and grab like this trophy and then, like have proof later, right? Like it doesn't mm-hmm. actually say that. It just says that he no. cut off the end of his robe, but Saul didn't notice, right? And then right mm-hmm. after that, like you were like you were um, leading us to focus on here. It says that David, um, well, I mean, it's just so interesting. His his heart struck him, and, and right, uh, the, yeah. the ESV is is helpful here. Uh, you got a note, Second um, Samuel twenty four. David's heart struck him after he had numbered mm-hmm. the people, and David said to the Lord, mm-hmm. "I have sinned greatly in what I have done." So, I mean, th- this this idiom right is like he he has contrition. He is being led mm-hmm. into repentance here for what he did so i mean i don't i don't take this then as like um (laughs) like he was gonna go and deliberately he's like okay i'm just gonna you know cut this robe and then i'll have like you know a trophy or something um or or like or or like or 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 proof or something like that i mean i i think it was kind of bad whatever david was doing whether it was whether it was uh i'm gonna like cut off this robe and i'll like be able to like make a mockery of him or if it's like he I don't know, he cuts his robe, but that was just the first thing he was going to do. Yeah, indeed. It's, it's like he, he stopped there. Maybe, yeah. 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 Like he was, maybe he was getting a trophy and was going to kill him or do something else, but whatever it is, he, he, he stops with that. You know, that. That's the only thing he did and feels, and his heart is struck for even doing that. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I yeah. mean, like the, the language of repentance, right, uh, makes it makes it seem like, you know, he... He he is changing direction here, so yeah. I, I mean, I mean that this is this is interesting because I, I think then we have to we have to take a step back, and this is maybe the first thing that challenges us and say, "Hey, look, guys, not everything David did was perfect." You know, uh, like like da- David <laughs> no. has his moments where where he sins. Yeah. I mean, of course, yeah, we're we're gonna see that later, yeah. but I, I think too we fall into this like. Well, David's like full of the Holy Spirit right now, so he does like no wrong, right? But but David has an evil spirit; he's possessed or something, so everything he does is evil. And I just think it's just it's yeah. just never actually like that. Like they're they're real human beings 
who they, they go up and they go down, right? Yeah. And these are two guys experiencing shame and having mercy extended to them. <laughs> um, yeah. Both of them here. Yeah. Um, so the, and I think David's words to, to Saul then afterwards really show that that's what he's thinking. You know, he, he's ashamed of doing this and, and even shows yeah. the, the thing you say, you know, here's the proof. He didn't mean it for that, but it's like, I'll use it now that I've got it. But did, did that, did that ever become a, a relic? The the the, the end <laughs> yeah. was that ever one of the relics? I wonder. I wonder if that ever made it into the the rotation. But <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I mean, well, that's. A, I mean, it's an interesting question. You think about like, uh, d- did he did he cut off the robe using the sword of Goliath? Well, I mean, that was the last sword that cool. was mentioned that he had. You know, I mean, I, I mean, which which I think. Is is pretty ironic then, right? Because let let's uh okay. Actually, I didn't. This did not occur to me until just now. But but uh, Saul had put David in his armor, right, to go fight Goliath. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. then he didn't, right? I mean, but right. so th- so this yeah. is just fascinating because it's just you, you have that moment uh, where where David is very much standing in Saul's place and protecting Saul, right? So that David. Right. Uh, so that Goliath would not be cutting into the Messiah's robe and killing Saul, uh, right? Yeah, and uh, I, and I, here, I this, this is a pretty yeah. ironic twist here. Yeah, I, I don't know if he could stealthily cut it off with, with Goliath's sword. That, that, that sucker was big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how you could stealthily do it with that, but... Uh, Neat, neat idea. Very cool. Yeah. Well, in, in any case, I think it takes us back to uh, the the other question that we had here, um, because we talked about this that when when the way that Jonathan spoke to Saul on more than one occasion, it, it seems like Saul, like like he was trying to tell Saul that hey, look, David risked his life for us. David risked his life for you right um and and because of that jonathan feels like it's his obligation then to to pledge his life to david and say look uh we we owe you i will protect you with my own life Uh, you have you have Mm -hmm. that moment and there seems to be an intuitive connection not just between uh david's life and jonathan's life but also saul's life in that so this i think is kind of the grounds for the for the question um, which is to say, or see where the question go. Um, I, I love the uh, the fact that the second sentence of this question begins with the word pragmatically, but I'm going to put that aside for a minute. Uh, does David's covenant with Jonathan extend to Saul as well? Pragmatically killing Saul, especially in a cloak and dagger way, would have been a stumbling block to David and Jonathan's partnership they, uh, that they had dreamed of. It also would have made David look much less legitimate in the eyes of the people. So, so yeah, would this have been a violation of the the covenant relationship between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I didn't really think about that that much. I know it kind of comes up later on where Saul says, uh, you know, um, to, to to spare my my descendants and, and what else comes with that. He's I think he's expecting kind of the same treatment that yeah. you know, between David, David and Jonathan here. But it, it, so I think David, what, I think Saul when he when he says that to David or requests that. That he's he, he maybe has that in mind of what he's heard between David and Jonathan, 
before, but I don't think that's really answering the question, is it? Uh, Well, well, I mean, it's uh, it's hard to get at. I think that um, I'll I'll put it. I guess I guess I'll put it this way. Like, I I don't know that it would have been a violation of the covenant with Jonathan. But it would have, I think, violated the spirit of the covenant um, be- because, you know, I mean, it's like, okay, Jonathan has, has, has uh, pledged to protect me with his life, like, because I saved his father's life, right? Uh, be- because I saved him and his father. And so, uh, well, I mean, like, you know, actually, so this, is, this was actually very nice. So you, um, yeah, our, our, uh, li- our listener on Facebook used the, the phrase stumbling block, right? I, I mean, that, it would have, that would have been perhaps scandalous to Jonathan, even, even though Jonathan has already said, right. That like, okay, well, you're, you're going to, I know you're going to be the King, right. That, that doing mm-hmm. it like this, um, you know, David and Jonathan have been on the same page. I'm pretty sure that Jonathan would have also said, Hey, that was not right. What you did. And so, so I, I think in that respect, that this uh, kind of gets us actually to a really big idea, um, in, in our theology and Christianity, which is that okay? Sure, it technically would have wouldn't have violated the the rules and the stipulations of the regulations and all this, right? But it, but it would have under it would have uh, been undermining like the whole premise of the whole thing, right? I mean, w- which gets to like the Lord's yeah. teaching about, I mean, the sp- like the letter and the spirit of the law and how the Pharisees were very exactingly observing the letter of the law, but they were blowing the whole spirit of the law, which just I mean, like, what's the point mm-hmm. anymore? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jonathan. I, I think Jonathan would have wanted mercy in this situation as well. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, yeah. Whether you're thinking of breaking the covenant or not, I, I you know, just well, he's his dad for one, but he's yeah. also the king, God's anointed. So I think I, it would be a violation of of, of mercy um, yeah. that 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 God wants us to extend to to our enemies. Yeah. Pragmatically and and militarily, it makes totally sense. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, whack him. This is the time right now. Yeah. But no, no, this 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 is this is not right. Um, yeah. Well, well, and it, and it would have been. I mean, it, it would have been a very interesting portrait of David then, right? Like you know, David came to power because he because he got Saul with you know he caught Saul with his pants down, right? Like that's how David came to power. <laughs> That's not exactly right. How you want to start off your reign uh, <laughs> sets a bad precedent. No. Of course, um, there's going to be attempts on David's no. life anyway, but that's a story for another time. Uh, but let's just look a little bit here. Uh, just a couple of minutes left now. Just again, the, the the words, right? So, so David feels remorseful. He's like, guys, I shouldn't have even done that. That 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 was a right. mistake. But having made the mistake. Right, it's pretty interesting. Like, and this is what you were saying. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I've got this, so I may as well use it. I mean, this is this is pretty interesting. I think that we've seen this before. Repentance doesn't mean, well, I did this, so I need to burn it, or like, I need to like stitch it back onto the robe, or like, I can't mm-hmm. use this now because it's evil and it's it's profaned or something. Right? It's like, okay, I sinned, right? But repentance means then, okay, well, I've got the thing now, so I may as well use it for good. And and he does it mm-hmm. to to honor Saul. I mean, bows before him, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and, and he, I mean, he puts himself uh, at, at Saul's at Saul's mercy, doesn't he? He does, and 
David extends it. <laughs> um, I, I wonder if if the uh, if, if the piece of robe, you know, Saul is Saul basically saying, "Hey, David, you're a better man than I." But is he also is a robe piece reminding him of uh, I'm cutting away your royal authority back in chapter 15 with uh, you know, Samuel? He, 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 he tears the robe of Samuel. The, the tearing away, right? Yeah, tearing yeah, away yeah. of uh, I, I, Samuel's robe. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if Saul is like saying. Yeah. Oh, shoot. This is reminding me of this. Yeah. Um, I, I, I need to extend mercy here. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Saul seems quite, quite, re- quite remorseful. I, I agree that this is this is real. Yeah. Well, you know, that's an excellent point um, because because Saul says that right because um, like not only is he like you know he's uh, he's moved by David's words and David calls him my father, um, and yeah, then you yeah. know he actually turns around and calls him my son. Uh, so there, there's something Christological too. You got like, you know, the son of God calling out to his father. But mm-hmm. in that case, uh, I mean, this is crazy, right? I mean, like, like Saul has mercy on his son, but the father for our sake, um, does not, not on Friday anyway, uh, the, the mercy doesn't come until Sunday. Uh, so that, mm. that, that's pretty, that's pretty striking all by itself. Uh, but, but like you were just saying here, like Saul actually says this, uh, and now, behold, I know that the, that you shall surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. isn't that interesting? It's like he's holding the he's holding the robe, the piece <laughs> of the robe, in his hand, yeah. right? And he's like, yeah. the kingdom will be in your hand. I think you're right. That's going back to the prophecy that Samuel made with the robe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is this is my pre-crown here. Is this piece of robe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so I mean, like, so this uh, this thing is just, I think, crazy. Like, uh, again, just showing how God works through all of these sins, whether it's the people's sins, Saul's sins, even David's sin, right? Um, mm-hmm. To work good and to even work repentance here. So, uh, thank you so yeah. much, brother. Really, really good conversation. Appreciate the connections you made for us. I uh, look forward to having You're you welcome. on soon. My pleasure. My privilege. Uh, everybody, Pastor Richard Mitwitty at University Lutheran Church. Austin, Texas. We're going to check out a psalm on on Monday, but one that has to do, again, with the life of David. Really, It's really good. Another cave scene. So very good for today. Uh, but until then, I'm Pastor A.G. Espinosa. Peace. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.